0: And welcome to another edition of the Talkin' Tigs, episode number two. To be in fact, uh, we're going to get into some LSU sports as always, uh, starting with football camp and uh, might be some injuries coming out of camp, hopefully, nothing too serious, and then some, some other news as it comes along, some some yap. But I first wanted to check in with uh, our host. I'm Scott Gerard, by the way, along with Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, how are you guys doing? I tell
1: you, I'm I'm tired, but
0: I'm making it, and
1: it's good to be back on the pod with y'all.
2: Yep, I'm doing good too. Uh, I'm Daniel Zollinger. To all our new listeners, I know we picked up a lot of followers and uh, likes on our Facebook page this week. So if you haven't seen that already, go on Facebook at Talking Tigs. Just search Talking Tigs and give us that like. That'll have the links to all of our latest podcasts, including this one. Also wanted to shout out. Now we have our podcast officially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So you can find those both on there just by searching Talking Tigs. And please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, telling us whatever's going on, and that helps us out a lot and to grow the page as well.
0: Amen. And, then you 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 were saying that we already had uh, some, some five-star ratings come in, right?
2: Yeah, we got a couple five-star ratings uh, on Apple Podcasts right now. Hopefully we can get a couple more of those. Just like getting five-star recruits for your football team, it's always good. And if you have anything that you'd like us to discuss or touch on in future podcasts, you can comment that right in the reviews there or on our Facebook page, the easiest way to get to us.
0: All right. Well, um, having said all that, uh, first week of camp is in the books and it sounds like a lot of good things are coming out of it. Also some injuries, but uh, hopefully it's, it's nothing too bad. I, I haven't really heard anything on the injuries that they're really that serious. Maybe just you – know, maybe as uh, former coach Les Miles might say, uh, a couple nicks. These guys were nicked up. But uh, it didn't seem like anything was too serious, right? I mean, you guys didn't hear anything other than that. No, I, I thought – I think it's all uh, pretty precautionary. Is that about right, Daniel? That's what I would think.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I would say too. Uh, just kind of going from the injury log, they've had up to – I think it's 24 players – in one given day on the seventh that were held out of practice, which is pretty bad considering that's almost a whole quarter of your team, uh, on the injury list, but a fair amount of those guys came back the next day. So might've just been kind of one day to day thing. And I think pretty much everybody, uh, normal players were there for the scrimmage on this past Saturday. So you're going to talk about that and the results that we had there.
0: Yeah. Although I know that, uh, starting Presumed starting QB, Joe Burrow, did not play. He didn't play, I think, in the last scrimmage either. Uh, They said it was nothing serious, but they also did not really say what it was. Uh, I think uh, Miles Brennan started in his place, had a bunch of good reps, but uh, Coach O, when asked, uh, and this is something that I really like Coach O for, because I remember back when Miles was here, we'd get a lot of, you know, coach speak, as they call it, but Coach O kind of shoots from the hip. And they asked about it, and he said, ah, you know, it shouldn't be anything serious, but they're not the same team when Joe Burrow is not in there. That's Um, true. Yeah, I mean, they said that Brennan's a championship quarterback, but it it just doesn't run the same if it's not Joe. So I I thought that was interesting, kind of telling. Still not really enough to put fears aside, I don't know, because he didn't say what the injury was or the extent of it, but – uh, it does tell you that they, you know, they they see different levels at the quarterback position already.
1: Yeah, uh, and and I think that I think you're right that it's probably just a precautionary thing. And I think that uh, what's a little bit more, you know, what we can rest assured and maybe uh, maybe we can feel asleep a little bit better at night, knowing that you know Joe Burrow is the more he's the experienced guy and he's been there. He's already had a year in with LSU and. I mean, he came into camp last year and ended up with you know one of the best seasons we've had since the the national championship year. So if he can do that with basically no experience, no spring, no um, you know very little practice, I think that uh, with all the preparation he's put in from spring to summer, taking a taking a week off, taking a you know a couple uh, a scrimmage off or or two, I don't think we're going to see much uh, much degrading in play when he gets back on the field.
2: Yeah, it should be all right, especially since Miles Brennan, a lot of people thought he was going to be the number 1 quarterback before last season, before we got the news that Joe Burrow was transferring in. So, he's definitely got the talent to start there with the number 1s and I mean, it's fine seeing him take those reps and Joe Burrow, he'll be he'll be back here and all is also good for probably the other quarterback, Peter Parrish, getting some reps with the second team opposite him on the scrimmage. And so we don't really know whether for sure he'll be like redshirted this year or not, which might be good since next year, presumably after Burrow would be gone, then it would be Brennan's team. And then maybe the year after that be Peter Parrish is a redshirt junior, a redshirt sophomore, I should say. And so that's kind of the succession line there. But I think everybody Played pretty well from the reports that I've heard, especially on the defensive side. I don't know if y'all had any specific like stats or or accolades well, there.
1: Well, Dano, I do think you forgot one one important fact. Also, is that uh, Joe Burrow's absence leave uh, you know everyone slides up on the depth chart. So that actually leaves a, a third string opening for uh, notorious Baton Rouge injury attorney's son, John Gordon McKernan, who's a walk on quarterback. He might be getting some action, and uh, I'd love to see. Uh, you know John Gordon uh, take on his rightful place as the uh, as the big G on LSU's team. I'm sorry, did you say he's a practicing attorney? He is he is a his his father is a is like the most like well known injury attorney in Oh. Yeah, if you
2: Baton if Roos. you've taken if you've taken one step onto the roads of Baton Rouge, you've seen Gordon McKernan's face yeah. on the billboards there. Yeah, and so guy, he, any, he really is the man.
1: <laughs> any Louisiana knows that the that the battle for uh, most prominent injury attorney is definitely you know it, it, when it comes down to like a like a recruiting battle it's it's there's t- only two names that come up it's Gordon McKernan and it's Morris Bart and Morris Bart's kind of the established one but Gordon has been rising and I mean you see his face everywhere and now his son's on LSU's team so yeah you know, to give it kind of a parallel.
2: To give it kind of a parallel, uh, Morris Bart was kind of like the Nick Saban, the Alabama of the injury attorneys. And then uh, Gordon McKernan is kind of like the Davos Swinney and Clemson, like the upstart, but he's starting to win some championships now. So that's been a personal injury attorney talk uh, here on Talking Tigs. (laughs) And and
1: for for our out-of-state listeners, for our Southeastern, you know, like Scott, you'll relate to this uh if you've ever seen Alexander Shinara or whatever Oh yes, Shinara and Associates. Yes. It's it's very similar to that. They got the billboards everywhere, you know, very like very just like corny cheesy billboards that are uh, that are just hilarious. So um, right. so yes.
0: Right. And I just wanted to put this out there for the listeners that the, uh, the personal views of our uh, commenters are not necessarily those of Talking Tigs. Nor do we uh, s- support or can, uh, you know, endorse any particular uh, injury law uh, attorney.
2: Exactly. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, no yeah, just no ads.
0: taken. This is, this is
1: purely, uh, purely, <laughs> you know, academic. And all I can say is they're all great. You know, I, and but you know, there is yeah. one that has a quarterback on LSU's team. So.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a coincidence. It's a mere coincidence. Uh, but yeah, that'd be great to see to see someone unexpected get some action. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the injuries. Um, yeah, it wasn't just Joe Burrow. You know, there was Grant Delpit. There was well, Stingley. Yeah, Derek Stingley Junior. missed a, a couple of days. Uh, John Emery, who had this uh, uh, supposedly some good runs in practice. One one kind of made the webs the interwebs uh, he's, he's injured now again nothing nothing but details and none of the details are coming out about that but you know it's just typical camp stuff right guys get nicked up and they don't want to push him so you know they, they just they, they don't force them to take a scrimmage especially the first scrimmage of the camp so it's it's really nothing to be worried about right it's just kind of run-of-the-mill stuff just guys kind of getting some kinks out
2: yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention is uh, coach Orgeron said afterwards that he thought the kind of standout unit was the defensive line. Uh, those guys in there, Braden Fajoko and Tyler Shelvin, I think Rashard Lawrence got held out of the scrimmage, but uh, the other guys in there doing some good work, getting a couple of sacks in. And that's kind of where we needed some improvement from last year. Uh, and Damone Clark as well with a few tackles. And so you you want to see that is just from all the work they put in over the summer and the spring to come, be coming out strong and then hopefully put that pressure on the opposing offensive lines and just establish that dominance up front. So we'll see how that builds in the next couple of weeks uh, with the return of Rashard Lawrence and everybody else. But uh, I do think that's definitely a good sign from coach. O.
0: Yeah. There was a good article that Scott Rabelais wrote actually about, you know, the, just the, the the shroud of mystery, if you will, around uh, Joe Burrow's injury, and it's you know I think everyone understands the importance uh, of of him being healthy and on this team because you know the team might just be different under uh, Brennan's uh, direction. So it it shows how important he is, but also how fragile this team is. Like if everyone has these championship aspirations, every single one of these players that we've talked about or um, you know, put projections on or that's been nominated for some preseason award, you know, they've kind of all got to stay healthy. Otherwise, you know, it could turn into that one extra loss that we, you know, we're not sure is out there or two, maybe.
1: Yeah, you know? th- I think, I think that is, that is one. When you look at LSU from a, you know, 50,000 feet view objectively, we don't have, I don't, I don't see us having the, uh, the the depth to be able to sustain like a, a a bad injury to one of our star players and and really not phase us you know there aren't many teams in college football that can do that uh, I mean I think you know potentially Alabama's been able to do it Clemson has been able to do it um, but aside from maybe those two I uh, I don't think many teams can and so I you know I, I do believe that we are a championship caliber team we're a playoff caliber team. But but we're only a playoff caliber team when we have our best 11 you know on either side of the ball. Um, so I think that you're right that this this uh, pulling him out of practice, kind of the 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 mystery around it it, it does it lends to a conversation of what uh, you know what if and what could happen if uh, if an if we know what if this is a nagging injury that gets him all season, or what if I what if it turns into something worse? So I'm glad they're being precautionary, but we we really just got to keep these players on the field.
2: Yeah, it's definitely better to be careful now than be a little bit too aggressive, saying oh we got to get the reps in, we got to make it work, and then come out week one and then somebody uh, pulls a hammy or whatever, and then they're out for four or five weeks or something. Uh, Forbid something happens like Kalevon uh, on last year where he tears his ACL, uh, or no, I don't think it was an ACL injury, but he gets hurt in the very first game and is pretty much out for the season, uh, one of your best players. So it's better to sit out these more meaningless uh, practices in the fall and then get back to 100%. Plus, you even have that tune-up game against Georgia Southern week one before the big matchup against Texas. So that's where you can really see him. I mean – No respect to Georgia Southern. I actually got a little little tidbit on Georgia Southern here coming up, but uh,
1: did we have some breaking news?
2: (laughs) Yeah, but you want them to to be able to go out there and really find their form. So, what 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 you got on Georgia Southern, Tommy?
1: Uh, I thought I thought you said you had some breaking news on Georgia Southern.
2: Uh, It's not exactly breaking at this point, but uh, last week we mentioned that their quarterback had they thought he he had been arrested for possession of white substance. Yeah, For Possession of Cocaine. And uh-huh. it came out just a few minutes after we recorded the podcast, but that he had claimed that it was bird poop to the officers. And then so he got kind of passed around on the Internet. He was made a lot of fun of for trying to pass off this cocaine as bird poop. But then just a couple of days ago, it came back that they took the substance to their criminology labs and actually did come back as bird poop. So he was telling the truth the he whole vind- time. So
1: he was vindicated.
2: <laughs> He's vindicated
1: by bird poop. <laughs> Yeah, and
2: so he's back on the team and he's ready to to make his start. So that's just kind of a, a wild story, start to end. But uh, we just wanted Honestly, to, to think, tie that one up.
1: I think if I was the coach at Georgia State, I might just suspend him a couple games for carrying around bird poop in a bag. What does that even mean? Oh no, I, I read it was on the hood.
2: Yeah, like, that's they, what it was. It was like splattered across the hood, so they thought I don't know whether he was. I he was doing
1: get, it all. They thought he was doing it on the hood of his car. Yeah, I don't want to get
2: into drug talk, but there was some <laughs> some white substance on there, and then they just kind of jump to that conclusion when in in fact some bird had just uh, relieved himself.
0: Mm. All right. So uh, I think you could leave this open to two possibilities. One, uh, it maybe just was some overzealous policeman, and it, it was indeed bird poop on his hood or, you know, it was, it was what they initially said happened, but maybe some, you know, some good old, some good old boy, legal, legalese down there in Statesboro changed it. But the fact that it was on the hood of the car, I have to believe, you know, the quarterback he's like, there's no, there's no drugs. It's you know, a bird pooped on the car, sir. That's all it is.
2: It's weird, though, yeah, that like a seasoned police officer wouldn't be able to differentiate between a banned substance and just bird poop on a car, but whatever
0: right. I know, and it's like every TV show or movie you see, it's i I don't know how real it to form it is, but. And it's like they dip their peaking and they taste it with their tongue. I I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. what happened here.
1: No, I don't think like, that's. What, I eat? watch enough live PD to uh, to know. <laughs> that's a field test, right? It's the There's
0: protocol. a field test they
1: yeah. use. Yeah, they put it in a bag and then like they like pour some sort of liquid on it, and if it you know if it bubbles or whatever, then they know it's real. Or I I don't know exactly, but
0: yeah, they can do it in the in the Tahoe normally. Oh my goodness. Well, Very anyway. Um, yeah, one, one of you made the. I think we all. Made a comment about how we wanted him to be full strength, so LSU could play their full strength just to start the season out. Right? Yeah, that could happen. He's he's been cleared. Well, he's been cleared to join the team. I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, I don't think he's been relieved off suspension yet. But crazy story. That's just nuts. Luckily, nothing's like that's come out of LSU. Uh, but before we, while we're still talking about injuries, kind of, uh, I wanted to 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 get this in here and see what you guys say because uh the ncaa said that they were not going to have official injury reports like these standardized injury reports that they would release uh, i think it was either the thursday or the friday before the game um but they're not going to do it so which is interesting you know um because some guys would some coaches would use this as leverage to delay news they didn't want to give you know, they didn't want to tip their hand to the other team, uh, but this kind of allows them to just keep stuff secret, and they would just find out game day. I don't know how much that you know plays into game planning, but maybe it does. But yeah, so do you guys think this has any impact on the you know how how coaches might game plan or strategize if if they don't know who's injured?
1: Yeah, I think that I think that a lot of times they know, you can tell from tape or from, you know, word on the street or whatever, is the guy 100% and is he not, you know, and when he steps on the field, you know, from the first play, you'll be able to tell, like, how, what's he, what's he look like? Is he, you know, is he nicked? Is he, is there something going on? So, I don't know if this is a, if this is going to be, like, a a game-altering rule where, you know, you can't even, you can't even tell what we're watching because of, you know, there's so much trickery going on with, with the injuries, but, you know, it might be one of those one of those things where you, you overlook it and uh, and everybody kind of forgets about it, and then some you know before some big game, they, some you know somebody's injured and they don't announce it, or say you think somebody's injured and, and he doesn't and you know they don't have to put out a thing, they don't have to put out the release that he's off the injured reserves, and then the guy in, you know comes on the field and there's some hullabaloo about it. Um, but just on a surface level, I, I don't think it's anything uh, you know revolutionary.
2: Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. The only time I could even see it being pretty relevant is in the super rare situation to say, like, a team's number one quarterback is, like, a pocket passer, but then they, their backup is known as more like a dual-threat quarterback, and then he goes down, and then you're not sure who's going to be their starter for next week, so you have to spend your whole week, like, game planning and practicing on defense for either one style of offense or the other, but that's, like, about a one-in-a-million chance, and I don't really see... That happening, but I mean, I guess it does could come into play there. It could, it could it. be
1: like if you if you think about when when Tua Tagovailoa went down, if 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 him and Jalen Hurts are on the same team, and then you know it's like oh we're we gonna get two, are we gonna get Jalen? That could be a thing. Um But then again, I feel like you still prepare. I feel I think these teams prepare there, and they're they're especially in the SEC you know, you're going to, these teams are going to be prepared for, for anything that comes at them. Um, yeah. So I don't see it. I don't see it, you know, costing someone a game and, and that's the, you know, they come out, this coach comes out on the podium and is like, well, if we'd had the, if we'd had the, uh, the injury report on Thursday, this game would have gone the other way.
0: Right. The only way I see that, uh, being a factor is if, you know, something, some injury happened during practice that week and it didn't get out. So this team, you know, if someone was planning for Joe Burrow, but, you know, say something happened to him on a Wednesday, uh, you know, they could do different things uh, with, you know, with a different QB. So I don't think that's, I think that's the only way that this would really benefit the team is if they didn't see it coming and they were blindsided and they, whatever team they're playing had a completely different game plan. And, you know, just their defense didn't have any tape on whatever they were doing, you know?
1: Yeah. and I don't know if um, I don't I don't I don't know too much about the the, the old way of doing it. If you know, I, did they was it like the NFL where they had like probables and and you know out kind of thing, or was it just injured not injured? Do know?
0: Yeah, I, I think they had different uh, you know different classifications. Uh, I, I don't know what they were required to report uh, versus the NFL, but I, I know they would say like completely out questionable you know stuff like that so so that could be an interesting thing
1: is like if a guy you know let's say twists an ankle in practice and he's fine he's gonna play but you know his ankles a little bit then then that could be something where if they would have had if they had to have reported it or you know they put on there like questionable because we didn't know if he was gonna play or not well then you have it you know the defense that the, the team can prepare for that knowing like oh this guy's got a bad ankle. We need to force him to use that ankle. You know, like we're gonna we're gonna try and get him moving laterally. We're gonna try and, you know, really uh, our our safeties, are, if he's a running back or something or a, a receiver, you know, our safeties are gonna come in and set the edge and make him, you know, make him twist on that ankle. Um, yes. I could see where that would be something, but again, like I, I don't see it being anything, uh, anything revolutionary.
0: Right. And and I think the uh, the the original purpose of this of changing course on this, uh, you know, wasn't necessarily how how teams use the information, but it was actually um, a response to the rise of you know sports betting, legal sports betting at least online or or otherwise, Uh, because you know they that that could move numbers dramatically if, if you found out. The star player was yeah. her, for example so i think that's what this is was in response to but you know it'll be interesting to see how teams respond to it also
2: yeah that's good uh that's about all i had on this i saw the lsu had released their 2020 football schedule uh this week if we want to take a little quick dive into the future and take a peek at that
1: you want to get the crystal ball out daniel
2: yeah we can uh, this is pretty early speculation but uh we'll just I'll just run through it real quick just to to give the listeners what we got. So open the season at home against UT San Antonio, home against Texas, away against Rice, home against Ole Miss, home against Nichols State from Thibodeau, Louisiana, uh, at Florida, at Arkansas, home against Mississippi State, then our bye, then at home against Alabama, at home against South Carolina, at Auburn, then at Texas A&M. So pretty much all the usual suspects, the only difference is non-conference games. We got UT San Antonio, probably a win. Rice, they're absolutely terrible. That'll be a win. Nichols, uh, probably a win, but they actually did beat Kansas last year at Kansas, uh, which is the first time that Kansas had ever lost to uh, an FBS team. And so congrats to the Nichols State Colonels. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. Oh, and then South Carolina at home for our – non-traditional sec east opponent so that'll be a good game i think the Gamecocks like to come out but other than that not not too much note other than we scheduled the, the bye before the bama game which is probably a traditional game, yeah, yeah
1: the, tra- the traditional bye before bama wait so you mean to tell me that we're opening the season against uh the original university of texas
2: is that the original university of texas
1: well there they go that's ut i mean we're
0: playing ut right Ut San Antonio, September fifth. Oh. Then then Texas oh, no. Longhorns. Then Rice. I was going to make a comment about why we're starting with three straight Texas teams. <laughs> what, what are the odds of that happening? Yeah, we're running the gauntlet there. Um, no, but San Antonio uh, isn't that where Frank Frank uh, Selfo uh, is? No, no. Uh, sorry, Frank. Uh, he was the no Frank. Uh, Frank. Yeah, no, Frank he was. was um I
2: was, was a you?
0: great recruiter. I oh, we're blanking. Someone's gonna. Frank Wilson. Thank yes, you, Frank Wilson. Hey, I you just googled it. <laughs> yeah, yeah Frank Wilson. Uh, he he brought them to their, I think their first bowl win too. He's he's doing great things over there. Uh that's cool. I'm glad we get to play him. I mean, don't don't want to give him a win, but.
2: Yeah, um, shout out to uh Saints player Marcus Davenport, who is the Saints' first-round pick from UT San Antonio a year ago. So he was, did good things last year, so we'll continue that. But at least they can yep. produce one first-round NFL talent.
0: Yeah, uh, and actually, uh, I actually did a an article about him with our our former um, our former group, the Red Zone Report, AKA the Saints Underground. Uh, he he actually did not even get an offer from UT San Antonio coming out of high school. He, he kind of had to recruit them, but he was just such a raw talent that uh, he definitely made a name for himself, and he's, he's going to do great things in the NFL, too. But anyway, yeah, three Texas teams in a row. What are the odds? But I, other than that, the, uh, the schedule you know it looks the same as it does every year, other than I think... Uh, I don't know. I, I think I'd be more concerned with at Florida, at Arkansas at Auburn, at Texas.
2: Yeah, the only other thing kind of of note to me is that they, in some sense, flipped the traditional dates. Usually we play Auburn towards the beginning of the season and Arkansas towards the end. So they kind of flipped that, so Arkansas is more front-loaded than Auburn at the very end, which I don't think it plays too much of an effect, but uh, that is two tough games at the end to close out, Auburn and A&M.
1: Well, but the one thing that you look at when you think about that Auburn game is – who's Auburn playing in uh, on the week after. They're going to be playing Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Yeah. So, is Auburn looking ahead to Alabama? I think that could be that could be a factor that um,
0: might give us an edge at Auburn. Yeah, and also who they played the week before and if they they lost a heartbreaker huh? also. But
1: I uh, so we're playing Rice at NRG Stadium. Daniel, is that uh is that where Rice is that like where they play other games?
2: No, they actually have, there's like, I think it's called the Rice Bowl. That's probably not the, the correct term for it, but they have their own stadium on campus. It's pretty small and kind of strange looking if you look up a picture of it.
0: Mm. But
2: uh, I'm not quite sure why they're playing LSU at the, at Energy Stadium, which is where the Houston Texans play. But I guess it's just because LSU is a bit more of a, a premier opponent than they, who they usually have at home. Uh, I'm not quite sure what type of deal they worked out to get LSU to come in town, but I guess it's good for them.
1: Well, I would not uh, be surprised if they're – if, if I mean, there's so many, there's so much LSU, like LSU uh, alumni, LSU connections in Houston that,
0: I mean, I anticipate that being a home game, basically. That, that's what I was going to say, is they, they did that specifically because, you know, all their, these, these Advocare, or whatever it was, Texas kickoffs, uh, they were in Houston, and they're doing this, they're, they're in a big stadium to accommodate pretty much all the LSU fans, because they know it'll sell out. Houston is the largest... Alumni base outside of um, outside of, yeah, yeah,
1: no, that that makes sense because like all you hear about when um when when they're talking about like in, you know at school like when they're talking about oh this guy oh this guy this guy yeah ninety percent of them if they're not in Baton Rouge or if they're not in New Orleans they're in Houston
2: right yeah I just looked it up it's actually Rice Stadium that's all I, I said Rice Bowl earlier but it's pretty small LSU would have definitely packed that and they'll probably fill energy and a fun tidbit. Uh, Rice Stadium hosted Super Bowl VIII in 1974, so it's been around since then. <laughs> wow. wow.
0: Yeah. The things oh. you learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right?
2: That's pretty much all I got on 2020, so be looking forward to that. Hopefully we can uh, get some wins in 2019 to start off with. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so uh, I've talked about this. I think I mentioned it last week and then in some of the archive podcasts, wow. if any of our listeners have dove back into those. But Zach Evans uh, out of North Shore, which is outside of Houston, the number one running back in the 2020 class, uh, he said on his uh, live stream on Instagram that he has decided where he's going to go and will be announcing soon. So LSU was in his top five. So hopefully by the time we come back on the podcast next week, we will have a commitment from Zachary Evans. And the only thing to bolster that is he had a picture on his Instagram of all the teams that were in his top five wearing all their uniforms. He took that down, that picture down yesterday, and in its place posted a picture of about 10 straight slides of him in only LSU uniforms and of his uh, visit to LSU. So that seems to be a good sign for me. Uh, hopefully, I can deliver the big uh, news next week on that. Man, I, I'm telling you,
1: if we pick up Zach Evans, like, oh gosh, it's gonna be great.
0: He'd be he'd be a, a welcomed addition to our backfield. That's all I'll say. Yeah, because that's that was something they thought they were gonna be thin at and you know like he's been doing with other positions just recruiting the heck out of it. We got what nine D linemen in one class so there, there shouldn't be any thinning of that that running now, back group.
1: You know, Daniel, do you want to talk a little bit about we were talking about it, uh, a little bit earlier I think like off the pod uh, but this this whole conspiracy theory of Elias Ricks flipping to Georgia. Why would that happen? Well, so in I think it's in the, the what is it one of the Georgia forums. I forget what it's called. It's like dog something, you know, whatever. That the Georgia people are con- are convinced that they're that they're capable of flipping Elias Ricks. I don't know why.
2: But yeah, they, so they seem
1: to be thinking that they've got an edge on him when he gets to IMG.
2: Yeah, so Georgia got a commitment last week from five-star running back Kendall Milton, who is, I think, the number three running back in the country. I think he's out of Arizona. But he he knows uh, Elias Ricks from high school football. And so now Kendall Milton is a Georgia commit, so I think he's recruiting him there. And then with Elias Ricks going to the East Coast, uh, to Florida, to play at IMG, he's more closer in proximity. And so there was originally rumors that Elias Ricks was going to flip from LSU Elias Ricks, for those of you who don't know, is the number one cornerback recruit in the 2020 class. Has been committed to LSU since I believe December.
1: A but, vocal, a vocal proponent of Tiger football.
2: Right. So people thought he was going to flip his commitment to Ohio State. Then he kind of declined those rumors. Now the rumors that he's going to flip to Georgia. But uh, I believe it's pretty solid LSU. I would be surprised if anything happens there. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, I tend to agree. But I'm just, I'm just, I get so nervous. Oh my gosh. Because he's he's the cornerstone of our 2020 class. You know what I mean? Like, Elias Ricks has been – he was there day one. He said, I'm bringing everybody. Everybody's coming to, t- to LSU. And I, I don't – like I said, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I agree with you. I think that's all just chatter coming from, you know, the whatever the Georgia equivalent of Tiger droppings is. But uh, when you get to IMG – I'm not sure, you know, it, it's just there's going to be so much talent and, like you said, the proximity. You just got to – you know what, Elias, I know you're listening. I know you're a big fan of the pod. Just stay strong. <laughs> oh,
2: an- another note on that was that uh, Elias Rickson announced he was transferring to IMG and then four-star wide receiver Jermaine Burton, who oh, is yeah. another, another California player who committed to LSU in the 2020 class, announced that he was going to IMG as well. So that, was we thought, solidified – that Elias and Jermaine were still going to LSU since they would be together there on the same team. But then Jermaine Burton just a couple days ago announced that he's actually staying in California. So now they're going to be separated. So that might lend some credence to the fact that uh, Elias Ricks won't have anybody there to to protect him and lend that tiger influence. But uh, so that might be bad, but we'll see how you know it all
1: plays I, I would almost, I almost like having Burton stay on the West coast because I feel like Ricks, is the uh is the more locked like of the two i would be more surprised you know i think that i think that if i heard that jermaine burton had had decommitted i'd kind of be like you know well okay just because he's he just doesn't seem as a hundred percent all in as elias ricks does. so i think if anybody can go if anybody can go to img with all the talent with the you know all the spotlight on him and and stay the course it's going to be elias ricks um so I, I do I see what you're saying I but I, I think that there could be some good in him staying kind of back what he's used to and and staying the course with uh with his LSU commitment.
2: Yeah I would agree with that I mean we'll probably I guess we have until whenever national signing day is to to lock this in so a few more months but I think they'll both stay committed to LSU and then hopefully we can pick up Zach Evans one more thing on that is it. With Georgia getting Kendall Milton, like the number three running back in the country, to me that would seem since Georgia was one of the other forerunners for Zach Evans, that Evans would not want to go there because then he'd be co- like competing against one of the other premier running backs in the country for those carries in the same class. So why would he do that when he could go to LSU where he would definitely be the feature back there? Uh, but that's just yeah. more speculation. Let's see. Wait, what is what is Zach Evans? So he's he's
1: so right now he's. Uh... His top schools are LSU, Alabama, Georgia, A and M. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. If he, Georgia's out, like if, if if they've got the number three in the country, he's not gonna want to go play with him and, and split carries. He won't. You know, he doesn't want to be running back by committee if he's the number one in the nation. So then it's it's really LSU, Alabama, A and M. A and M is, I don't know. I mean, I could see oh. since he's from Texas, like he's from Houston. Um, Of course, Alabama is just always – it's Alabama.
2: One note about Alabama, though, is that uh, Trey Sanders, their number one running back in the country from the 2019 class, uh, sadly suffered a season-ending injury this year. So uh, it's really sorry to hear that. But they'll be without him this whole year. So maybe they'll look to reload next time if that proves to be something that could hurt them down the road. Well, but, but,
1: okay, but an- here's another, here's another thought. This might, th- you know what, the, the the pieces might be falling in place because do you, have you heard, I, I know, I heard that, too, I re- I read that too, that he, he got injured with the season ending injury. I wonder if he can get a medical
2: red shirt. I think probably, he could. Probably so if he's never even played a snap. Yeah. Yeah. So he get redshirted. red Yeah. Yeah. So if he gets redshirted, then he'll be a
1: freshman going into next year. Then it would be the same scenario as Georgia. Does Zach yeah, Evans want to split so th- carries? Yeah, or th- down?
2: They, he wouldn't want to split carries with the number one running back in the country for two classes in a row. I mean, he wants to be his own star. At least I would think, if I was in his so, shoes.
1: So I mean, just by this law of deduction that we've done, and I'm no, I'm no math major, but I think we went from uh from five potential or from four potential schools down to really just two. One of them is LSU, and one of them is A&M. And so I think that. What might what might end up happening is after uh, after we beat A and M after we beat the tar out of them uh, this November we might get that we might get that Zach Evans commit or well he's we might get the solid
2: commit because he's he's supposed to commit soon isn't that right Daniel? Yeah, at least he he said he was probably going to so we'll see. Yeah, and that's just his first verbal
0: commit like to to put it pen to paper that mm. would still have to happen. Guys,
1: so like, is a Eli- lot. I wonder if Elias Ricks, uh, Jermaine Burton, Zach Evans. I wonder if they're going to be early commits, or, or if they're going to if they're going to stick it out and kind of let the drama build for February.
2: It, uh, right I mean, uh, go ahead, Scott.
0: Well, I was just going to say that I, I think some okay. of the guys like Elias Ricks. Some, if he's, it depends on his personality. If he's like a Derek Stingley, and he's made up his mind and he doesn't care about you know being courted more he'll just commit and he'll show up early so he'll you know he would do the early signing period commitment and then he you know he could show up in january if he was able um if he's one of these other guys that just liked all the fanfare of it i think he would wait until the you know the original national signing day yeah that that sounds about right
1: i wonder i wonder if um if he will be able to to leave IMG early with this whole transfer, you know what I mean? Like if he'll be able to be a, be a January, like
2: I mean IMG a, is so sports early focused. Early. IMG is so sports focused. They have to have taken this into consideration, or probably like have that option for their players. Uh, just as, well, like, no, I'm sure that, I'm school. sure they
1: have the option themselves. But with the way that you know he, since he's he's basically going into his senior year. Like how, how I wonder how he could swing graduating. Maybe he's done summer school. You see what I'm saying? Like he, how he could how he could transfer schools to a whole other state and then swing graduating in one semester when he's only ever gone to school in California.
2: Yeah, well, I mean we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Might have yeah. To, I'll bring him on. We
1: got. We'll, we'll just reach out to him on social media and see if he'll come on the pod and comment.
0: Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. Um. Uh. But I, I'm as far as conspiracy theories go, I, I kind of liked. Uh, Daniel, I think he was the one that said that the best reason for him to come down to IMG is to just get ready for the weather of the South, the the Southeastern Conference. Get ready to this mugginess, this humidity. Uh, You know, there's no IMG in Baton Rouge, of course, so he's going to the one in Florida just because. So I'm going to go with that just for now until I see something different.
1: You, You got that right. And then, of course, also... If he if he comes in and then maybe you know steals a couple and flips and we talk we're talking about him flipping what if he flips somebody for us I mean that would be a, an absolute coup so there's always that option we're gonna stay positive
0: here on, on the uh, talking takes podcast we would have to so, he, so he's the Trojan horse basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> excellent um, so so Daniel you uh, so the basketball team is in Spain at this moment and, uh Yep. All right. so I, I read they were playing against some all-star teams.
2: Let's yeah, see, they're, they're playing team. against – I think I mentioned it last week. They're playing as FC Barcelona, which is a yeah, uh, yeah. noted soccer club over there. But they also have other endeavors, so they have their own basketball team that, we see, that we'll be playing against. It's actually the FC Barcelona B team, so our college players are going against not even the best – Uh, pro team over in Spain I'm sure that obviously the team is good they're a professional basketball team but even just to get that practice will definitely be beneficial to the Tigers as well as spread the the good word about LSU abroad I know LSU has pockets of fans all over the world but it would be nice to to get that foothold in Spain for whatever sports stars they may have
1: so Daniel, so you're saying this is more of a, this is almost like an LSU uh, a mission trip. <laughs> They're going to be a evangel-
2: bit. evangelizing. Mean, it's, it's kind of a showcase in a sense. Uh, plus, one good thing that we get to see is their freshman first time playing, especially five star forward Trina Watford. Uh, the first time he'll step onto the court in a Tiger jersey, see what the what will be looking like with him replacing last year's five star Skylar Mays. As uh, he's in the NFL, almost at the NFL, in the NBA now. But uh, we still got a lot of people back. Um, and then so, following, hopefully, you can build on last year's success run to the su- Sweet 16 and get even further this year.
0: Yeah, uh, I think uh, Will Wade is definitely using this as like a little faux or a pseudo recruiting trip because uh, the on par, the talent is not the same as here, but there are some players. You know, like if you look at the Olympics, these teams are getting better as a whole against you know American competition. So I, I think he can definitely use this as a recruiting tool, uh, even if he just gets like a Manu Ginobili or you know a Gasol's nephew, something like that, somebody with uh, you know some 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 freak talent.
2: I mean, one thing to note just is one, just needs one. Yeah, one thing to note is the last time they went on this international trip, they do uh, every four years. They went to Australia in 2015. And who came out of Australia the, the year after? Ben Simmons, uh, the, one the, one, the number one recruit in the country, uh, or number one uh, draft pick in the NBA. So if they can find that star, then all the better. Exactly. I think
0: Johnny Jones had something to do with that, some, some connection with his dad. But well, yeah. And,
1: and also, you know, the, the other connection that I'd always heard was uh, Brad Wing had gone to the high school that Ben Simmons went to.
2: Oh, really? yeah, I know they yeah, were like, they, they were like, was, connection.
1: yeah. And so he was like, if you're going to play, if you're going to play college ball, you gotta, uh, you gotta go to LG. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I, funny story, a little anecdote, maybe, maybe we'll wrap it up, but a little anecdote from my time here. Uh, I, in my freshman year, I went to the, uh, the traffic or the, the, what do you call it? The, uh, whatever. Parking place, like, the you know, where the police, the police office parking enforcement, parking enforcement, yeah, to pick, to drop off, like, my tag, because I had a, a medical permit from uh, an ACL surgery. So I've been able to park, like, close. So Ben Simmons is standing in front of me in uh, in line to get to, to, you know, do his business with the parking people. So he goes up, and he's like, yeah, um, y'all towed my car, so I need to get my car back. So she gives him the keys, and he like he pays his money or whatever. Then he walks off. And uh, I said something to her and to the woman, you know, running the thing, and she's like, "Oh yeah, like that's like the fifth time we've t- towed his car this semester. Like he just doesn't care." And I think that k- kind of is like a micro a, a micro example of how when asked once he graduated or once he once he went on to the NBA like how what is the time at LSU was like Ben Simmons was quoted as saying like I learned absolutely nothing it was a waste of time or something like that
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so uh, i guess he didn't even care he didn't care about school and he didn't even care enough to uh, to not park it not get
0: his car towed yeah well let's i mean we could probably all agree that this was just a hoop he had to jump through if you wanted to play in the NBA at that age he had, at least had to go through one year of college, and you know gave, it gave LSU fans something to cheer about, some highlights. That's about it. He wasn't there. He wasn't there to study chemistry, you know. No, <laughs> no. He, he's, he's not. He's not.
1: He's, might. You might. Some might say he was the polar opposite of uh, future doctor Skylar Mays. Right. Right. For those who don't know, he was Skylar Mays was a. Uh, pre-med major who, wanted to go to, who wants to go to med school. I guess he still wants to go to med school. Might do that after the NBA. Yeah,
0: and he still can. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he wouldn't have to put himself into debt to do it. He got that league minimum. That's yep. Like um, but, uh, so, go, shifting back, they, they did have a, a first scrimmage. Were, were there many stats that came out? All I saw was that the defense had a dominant day. But that could have been because Joe Burrow wasn't really running things, or you know, there's some other guys that were out, but uh, that was the impression that they they let out to the public anyway. Is that defense kind of dominated the first scrimmage?
2: Yeah, I saw just defense did well. Only other real stats I saw was Jamar Chase, uh, did well for the receivers. He had three catches, 101 yards, uh, with a 56 yard touchdown pass from Miles Brennan. So I think he's kind of solidifying his spot as one of the number one wide receivers, so it'll probably be him. Uh, Terrace Marshall, and Justin Jefferson, so that's good. And then Cade York, the oncoming kicker, a true freshman, hit 8 for 10, so he definitely got his work in, and that's a pretty respectable average there. And so we'll definitely need him replacing Cole Tracy, who left this past year. But overall, pretty good, I'd I'd say. And he nailed
0: a 51-yarder, so it's good to know he can hit it from afar because like uh, Cole Tracy did last year, he might have to hit one – you know, to beat Auburn on the road. So good to know he can, at least he's able to. Well, and, and, and I guess just also more and more of the same,
1: you know, Stingley is getting high marks. Uh, he's, you know, the featured, the featured defensive player, as far as, you know, everyone's looking at him, wants to see if he, if he'll live to the hype. And I think Coach O was quoted as saying both Stingley and, uh, major Burns are doing, doing real well in camp. So that's good to see that, uh, you know, our, our number, basically, our number two quarterback as a f- true freshman is going to be, uh, he's already off to a good
0: start in, in fall camp. Yeah, he said he looked like a starter, or, or Coach O said he, yeah, he looks yeah. like a starter. Uh, I think he said that about Apu Ica too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so can't wait to see what's going to happen there. Um, I, I think Dave Rand is going to have a field day with, with all the, the weapons he has.
2: Like yep. That. I think that's all I got on that, though.
0: Yeah. Um. But do you guys think they're going to kind of just kind of play it conservatively during camp? You know, if they've already got, what, like five major starters kind of out, they missed the first scrimmage. Uh, you definitely don't want to, you know, get guys injured. So you, you think they'll probably take it take it slow.
2: Yeah, probably so. I mean, we'll have all the reports for y'all in the next couple weeks, probably slowly see people come back into the fold uh, and the ramp up in the next two weeks to the season. But they'll take it however they see fit, and I trust their judgment on that one. Yeah. And it gives
0: guys that are just coming in, like Marcel Brooks, heard a lot of good things about him already. Uh, It gives guys like that, freshmen that are coming in, they got the talent, they just need the reps against, you know, some some college-level talent, and they're going to get that these next couple of weeks. Hopefully everyone stays healthy though. I agree.
1: Did I I say, I said, uh, I said major birds. I mean, yeah, no, I was talking about Marcel Brooks. You're right. Marcel Brooks. Okay. That's, that's what I was, I was completely wrong on that. Like, yes.
2: All right. Y'all got anything else for today?
0: Well, I saw, no, I think it was the, yeah, it was just going over the injuries that the Tigers had and, Uh, just the fact that the NCAA isn't going to bother reporting any of that stuff anymore. Um, There I saw uh, Josh Brown, who had entered the transfer portal, transferred to West Virginia. But, uh, you know, there's always a a flip side to the coin. Um, LSU had a walk on Michael Smith, who, who had been taking snaps at center. You know, since there's a scholarship available now, this young man just got one. He, he earned himself a, a scholarship. Guy's six two 6'2", and gosh, what, 325? He's a junior. They call him the bus driver. So <laughs> – <laughs> uh, But he, he just got a scholarship this last week in practice, on Friday morning actually. So I wanted to give a, a shout-out to him. Uh, congratulations because every year you see these stories – of these coaches, you know, introducing guys that are getting these walk-ons, you know, these walk-ons that get their scholarships, and uh, I'd been great if they would have recorded this, because I, I gotta lie, I, I I can't lie, I see some of these videos, and man, it's it's like watching soldiers come home to surprise their family. It's just, it, it gets me. I, nothing gets me, but those kind of things get. Me. So, uh, I'm glad to see someone get a get a scholarship that wasn't expecting it. It just makes you want to strap on the
1: pads and go
0: go try to win yourself a scholarship. <laughs> Amen. Like like invincible. Like yeah. uh, <laughs> with Mark Wahlberg. Exactly the forty year old making making the NFL. Um, I don't know. There was a story not too long ago of a this guy he was fifty five. He he ended up landing a spot on a team as a I think as a running back. I think he you know, it was it was mostly symbolic, but the guy did go through camp and he, he had to earn it, but he got it. But yeah, that's so love seeing
2: stories. All right. Uh, you got anything else or are we going to wrap it up here? I think that's it for this week. Yeah, I
0: think um, there wasn't too much else that came out uh, until we see, uh, until we see some more videos. I mean, there was LSU did release one video, and, you know, there was some some drills, some plays, some touchdowns. There is, of course, some big cat videos, which I'm sure Tommy loved. But <laughs> not too much else coming out. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'd like to see, uh, see everyone get healthy and then see what happens with the second scrimmage. So other than that, uh, yeah, I think we got about all of it covered.
2: Yeah. All right, then, yeah, so I just wanted to – plug all our social media and whatnot again. So probably the best place to get to us on Facebook, just type in talking tigs. You'll find us go give that a like. That's got, that'll have all the links to our most recent episodes. And if you want to get the most recent episodes downloaded automatically, which I would strongly suggest go subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on uh, SoundCloud as well. We got all that. So that'll have your latest breaking episodes with the latest tiger news coming from us. So once you subscribe, Share it with your friends, share it with your grandma, share it with your dog, go Tigers.
0: And I guess that'll do it for, for us for this week uh, for Scott Gerard, Tommy Johnson, and Daniel Zollinger with Talking Tigs. I uh, wish you all a good week, uh, and we'll see you next time. Or we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.